Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. What would you like to talk about on your birthday? <laughs> Wait, I, I'm supposed to come up with the topic like right now? Cue music. Right. <laughs> And welcome to another fine episode of Panda's Talking Games. I am your host, who is the same age today, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda, who is a year older today. Actually, today, today. A week ago, as you're hearing this. No, a yesterday, as you're hearing this. Yay. We don't, we're not Happy recording birthday. very far ahead anymore. <laughs> Thank you. Happy Thank you. It's birthday. my birthday. It is your birthday. Um, so just so that we can put the show in some context, um, it is one, today is your birthday. Two, you have been sick all week um, before. Literally since last Sunday. Yes. yes. So, um, so we weren't even sure we were recording an episode because yesterday... Um, you actually sounded pretty rough, like voice wise. And we were like, yeah, mm. it sounded like I should be a contra alto and uh, I'm a soprano. Yeah. So we were like, mm, maybe not. And then not. this morning when I called you to wish you happy birthday, uh, you sounded much better. And we were like, you know, maybe we could just knock out like a little thing because uh, we are heading into the holidays and um, we're going to wind up missing an episode. So let me let me just do that right now f- as point of business. Um, yes. We are heading into the American Thanksgiving. So for our American friends, happy Thanksgiving. Um, mm-hmm. For you international listeners, um, what this means is that normally when we record, um, we will be doing, um, which is like the weekend, I will be away and um, and Senda will be doing family stuff. And thus, we will be unable to record a show. So um, the show you're listening to right now drops November 22nd. Mm-hmm. You would be listening to it on November 22nd. The show that drops on November 29th is not going to be there. There will be no there show on the 29th sh- because we will not be recording that weekend. What I do not know yet is if there will be a show on the 6th. Um, we may try to jam one in, but we are going to take a second attempt at a vacation yeah, the, the trip that was canceled before. Yes. And yeah. um, if we do record anything for the sixth, and we haven't made that decision yet, we either have to rush and record it, um, which is possible. We might do. Mm-hmm. We might do. We might do it um, on Monday, the 29th. Uh, or we may have to do two hosts, one mic. Um, <laughs> it sounds so terrible when you say it like that <laughs> like so bad it like almost makes me flinch it's like <laughs> two hosts one mic um while you're at my place um the weekend of the fourth not a hundred percent sure how that's gonna go we will update you on social media about the episode on the sixth but um, and, and maybe what we'll do is just recycle an old episode to just put up on the six. We might just do a redux, like just recycle an old episode. So there's something in your feed, especially you new people who might not have gone through the whole backlog. There are many uh, past episodes. 
gosh, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah, we do have a backlog we can actually pull from. We can actually just pull an oldie but goodie out. Um, so that is all to say that like that's all up in the air. Where I think I feel more comfortable for sure is that December 13th, there will be yeah. an episode. Yeah, we know for sure yeah. December 13th. December yeah. 13th, there will absolutely be an episode. The 6th, not 100% sure on. A little iffy, yep. Right, there, you're 50-50 on the 6th, and you are no episode on the 29th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry to have to put all that but, calendar stuff down, but nope. it's always important. We don't want you to think we're pod fading away for any reason. Um, nope. We're not, um, but uh, we do have a couple things coming up. Yep, and frankly, um, as I just said, we've been doing this for like five years, um, and we used to do things like frantically pre-record episodes and stuff, and now we have just decided that it's okay to take time off, and, and that- so we will just give you a heads up about when there won't be an episode. <laughs> And that's um, and that's not a um, that's not a five year thing. That's a pandemic thing. Okay, fair enough. That is a pandemic. That is a pandemic. Yeah. Post pandemic, we've been a little more chill about putting ourselves through the ringer um, because we've absolutely put ourselves through the ringer, like for before conventions and things like that, to oh yeah, hammer out Con- a show real quick consistently. And, yes. And then what we kind of learned is like maybe that's not always the fun yeah. thing to do. Maybe we don't have to do that since we do do this for funsies. Yeah. So maybe we'll figure out the sixth. We'll let you know on social media. But anyway, let's get back to the topic at hand, which is your birthday. Yes. Okay. Good. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I know that it hasn't been a lot of fun this week because you were sick. And I've actually talked to you all week. So I know that like not only were you sick, you were actually super sad during part of the week because you were feeling pretty miserable. I was very miserable. And... I had um, I had purchased the weekend before. Um, I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to take my kiddo. We're going to go back to Meow Wolf. We'll try and finish the storyline. It'll be fantastic. I'm so excited. And then I got sick the next day. And I was like, well, it'll be fine. I have like five days to get over this. And then Friday rolled around when I had the tickets for it. And I was like, I cannot go. Um, so that was a super huge bummer. So, But I've rescheduled that also. It's just November seems to be the month of rescheduling everything um which is what it is but um doing better now feeling happier about it now have some very mild plans um to make my child and andy sit down and play a game with me a party game where you uh take you get magnetic fridge poetry magnets Oh. Mag- yes, they would be magnetic. Yes, um, that was a little bit of a Department of Redundancy department moment. Um, so you take it's a it's a fridge magnet game, and you get a prompt, and from the limited words that you have available to you, you have to write a response to the prompt. I mean, I think it's hysterical. I cannot wait. I just got it a couple of weeks ago, and I was really excited to play it then. Excuse me, it didn't work out. Because we had a massive homework night instead because it was like end of trimester wildness. Um, so I'm like, it's my birthday and I want to finally play this game. Yeah, um, I think that's So that that's is awesome. what we're going to do. Going to order dinner out and play the game. Yeah, did you Hopefully decide um, order dinner out from where? Yeah, I'm in um, Modern Market. Oh, Modern yes, yes, Market. you said that this morning. Yeah. Modern Market. Mod Market, I love it. I'm going to tell you that Mod Market is, I think, a very regional thing because um, yes. on the East Coast, I've never heard of it. Um, but no. having gone out to Colorado a few times, I've had it. It is very delicious. It is um, yes. farm fresh food. 
um, that is super yummy, and I am constantly addicted to their summer corn pizzas. Yeah, which sounds really, which really may sound odd year. to some people, but um, <laughs> consistently has been super good. Um, Since they just switched over to their fall menu, I. It, it has historically meant... I haven't looked at it yet this year, so I'm going to look at it tonight for dinner. It has historically meant that they um, are suddenly really into truffles and fingerling potatoes. So you might be surprised, but like the fingerling potato pizza... Oh, I would eat that. Mm, oh, man. I would eat that. I, really I, I have zero problem with that. That's... um. Yeah. So anyway, so Mod Market, um, yeah, their menu just switched over to the winter menu. Um, so I'm excited to see what's on it this year. Um, it is a it is a locally sourced farm to table um, kind of place um, that is Colorado based. So it's pretty um, yummy. I am a big fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, they have free delivery today, so that certainly doesn't hurt. Um, so that's good. So that that is my plan for dinner. It's not anything super duper fancy, but and then I got um, have chocolate lava cakes. Yeah, like oozy, oozy, warm chocolate cakes. Yeah, um, nailed so it. That will be good. Also, um, let's see. Cool. What else? All right, so we should probably talk about something gaming related. Oh yeah, that's not. Oh man, I have failed. Oh wow, you left your phone on. I'm gonna let that slide because yeah. it's your birthday and not make fun <laughs> of you for it. So, yeah, you are free and clear. Um, sorry, there's yelling and a child, and I don't know what's happening. Okay, carry on. Um, this is this show is a mess. <laughs> I mean, this is what happens when we record midday on we, a Sunday. Midday on a Sunday with no script. Yes. Um, so cool. Yep, this we're, is what happens. So we're talking gaming stuff. We need to talk about like we need to talk about a gaming topic because this is a gaming podcast. It is your birthday. I will discuss any gaming topic you like. <laughs> I'm at your disposal today. Okay, well, and I don't, so I'm going to go to this one because it's the one that's on my mind, and we may have already talked about it before, and I don't remember, and if we did, it was a really long time ago, so whatever, but so you and I have been chatting about for a while how we are going to start a game of Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Yes. And um, two things, firstly, as we've said before, we're not going to record it or anything, right? Because that changes the experience of playing it. Yes. We do actually just want to play the game for the purpose of playing the game. Um, so we may talk about it, but we are not going to share APs or anything just to be super clear about it. Yes. Um, um, but the thing that I wanted to kind of bring up, because I do think it's interesting, is that we are intending to play this game as you're going to GM mm-hmm. and I am going to be single player. Yes. And sometimes people get weird about two-player games that are like that right sure sure but like and there's also um then there's also a difference between a gm single gm single player and two players shared gm responsibility games right uh, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah in terms of the feel of them so i don't know is there a topic in there do I you mean, think that we could chat about the differences of like setting up to play them yeah i think well, um, i mean i i think that one-on-one so tr- like one-on-one traditional gm based games aren't super popular and we have a couple years ago we talked about this because we were dabbling with doing it a um uh oh right we did legacy we did we were gonna we do a legacy leg- weapon um ap for the show and, we did for a little bit and it just never like yeah we did a little kind bit of, of it and it never really took off kind of thing um <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of things behind that. Um, some of it had to do with life situation stuff. Um, we are in a place where um, 
we are more free to just game um, online. Like it is like life is life has made it where it's going to be much easier to do that. So it's actually a lot more fun. Um, yeah. Uh, like, and I have a better place to record. I'm not fro. I'm not freezing in the You're not basement. Freezing in the basement. <laughs> so, that was. I feel bad. All those nights you froze your butt off. Down I mean, there. it was necessary. Like this is much better. Like this is going to be like a much more comfortable thing. Also, years ago when we did it, while you had done a lot of gaming online yeah. because that's how you were running she's a super geek i yep. hadn't and i wasn't really a big fan of it but pandemic and uh <laughs> now i'm like super comfortable running games like, online no problem yeah, yeah so so the fact that one i'm more comfortable running games online two we've decided um like two my life is um such that running a game online uh, like on a, as a saturday evening or something like that is very doable um, and comfortable, right? Like I have a much better place and warmer place to record. So I have like an incentive to like sit and record. Like I don't have to be like, oh God, I have to go downstairs and like, you know, not Bundle feel up. my hands or something. Bring a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't have to do any of that, up. right? I can just, I can get, yeah. I can get into some comfy clothes and make a cup of tea and just sit down at my, and sit down at my desk. I have my full rig, um, which is the thing I didn't have before because I, people, I mean, you know this, but people don't like when I would record in the basement, I would just take one of my laptops, like my small laptop, and I'd have just like my like 10 inch um, MacBook Air screen. Yeah. Right. And and like that's OK for like recording the podcast, but it was it like wasn't ideal for like playing a game. No, because you didn't have enough space on the screen to deal with all of the gaming accoutrement that you would usually have on the table or and a table space so it's like really cool because like now that i can do it at my desk in my office i have two 24 inch monitors i have plenty of landscape like to put you up on the screen plus have like it notes like and still have my table space for um hand like you know like my um cheat sheets because we're going to be playing thirsty swords lesbian so what i really need are the gm moves Right. Mm-hmm. And the specific moves when um, different NPCs uh, take damage. So I have all that stuff. Like I can have all that stuff right on the table. I'm sitting in my super comfy chair, all that stuff. And honestly, in the time that we've done that, you've also transformed your whole space. Like that my space is much more conducive to gaming. So much better. I now have like a giant um, L shaped sit stand desk. Yeah. Um, and like I have a much better. I don't have two 24-inch monitors. I just have a single 30-inch, and then I use my laptop screen as my secondary display. Exactly. So I have one very big primary monitor, and then sort of the secondary one that secondary stuff lives on. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. So we have, like, so good. in terms of that, like, everything's much better um, physical space-wise. Two, I think another big decision that we decided was, like, not to record it. Um Yeah. I think yeah, we were sorry, y'all. <laughs> no, it's fine. We were inspired by the Gauntlet. Um, I, we were inspired by the Gauntlet folks who were doing the mini APs as part of their. Um, oh, I can't remember the dungeon. That excellent Dungeon World podcast that Jason Cordova did. Um, uh, Dragon Fear of a no, no Black Fear of a Black Dragon, Dragon is their no, OSR. Um, their review uh, of OSR games. They, I, wow, I can't believe I can't remember it. I'm so embarrassed. I loved that podcast. I loved it even more because I was playing. Um, I was playing Dungeon Plus World at the time. Plus one forward. What's that? Plus no, one. That one's the no, no. 
Hard by the Apocalypse Make one. me just find this now. <laughs> I don't... I don't... Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, discern while realities. We, discern, discern realities. Discern realities. That's, that's a, such a good okay. name for anyway. a podcast. Anyway. 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 Yeah. I, so we were super, we were inspired by that. And we were also trying to figure out like fun things to do with the show and stuff like that. Anyway, take all that aside. Um, we're going to play one GM, one player. And I'll tell you briefly, because in case people are wondering, so we picked Thirsty Sword Lesbians because that was definitely the tone of the game that we wanted to have, which was yes. um, <laughs> swashbuckling, swashbuckling. Pansexual, flirting, disaster, disaster. Yeah, all that. Um, we did not pick one of the settings that came with the uh, game, or one of the settings that came with the advanced one. We actually were working on a game that we play tested a little in Fate, um, and we just never, never quite got it to where we wanted it. And um, I thought it would make a fantastic Thirsty Sword Lesbians setting. And I, pr- I pitched it to you, which was yes. um, our, um, oh, I always forget the, this. The, the Queen's Musketeers. Yeah, I think Queen's it? Musketeers is probably the safest way because I'm always afraid now to overlap Alex Roberts. Um, I know. The name of Alex's game. So we'll come up with a much better name <laughs> for it. But essentially, it's, um, it's the Queen's Musketeers in a time where um, time travelers have arrived in um, 17th century Paris and have introduced all sorts of technologies. Um, And so there's a little bit of, for my cyberpunk fans, there's a little bit of, um, from the short story, Mozart and uh, Mirror Shades, which is a chef's kiss, fantastic um, cyberpunk um, short story. There's a bit of that going on where this corporation, this time traveling corporation is actually, um, up to no good. Um, and the Queens Musketeers have to, um, kind of protect country and, uh, ultimately protect the timeline. Um, so we thought that like, we, we've always liked that setting. We've, you know, we've toyed around with that setting. You and I've talked about it a bunch of times. And then, um, we were trying to do like a real, like, um, serious espionage thing with it. And it was kind of working. Um, But we thought, hey, wouldn't it be fun to just, you know, put Thirsty Sword Lesbians on top of that? Because Musketeers. Musketeers. um, Musketeers Um, and, you know, kissing and flirting with people and, and you know. swashbuckling. Yeah, but um, now add to it. disasters. Like, that's what Thirsty Sword Lesbians do. Yeah, now add to it people from the future and this weird mix of technology where, you know, there are... um, there are balls, but people are now showing up like in like, you know, modern suits and, um, you know, French aristocrats have cell phones and like those kinds of things. Yes. Um, so real, just like a really interesting mix of, um, of stuff going on. So yes, that's our, that's our game that we're, um, that we're playing and we're actually going to write up, um, I actually have to take our source material and put it into the format of a Thirsty Sword lesbian um, setting so that we kind of have everything. Because there are some custom moves I would like it to have, um, things like that. So I think that actually leads into what's really interesting about chatting about this to me, which is um, kind of the difference um, 
maybe just in like the social dynamics of sitting down to play a game where you're like, so like if you go back and listen to She's a Super Geek, um, the one that just comes to mind that I know is available for everybody, but hey, content warning, it's pretty intense and kind of depressing. And I know a lot of people were not able to actually finish listening to it, which it kind of has a happy ending. So if that helps, um, but we did play uh, The Sky is Gray and You Are Depressed, um, which is a two-player game, which I would distinguish from like a one-on-one um, traditional GM single-player game. Um, so that was, that was you know, a game in which we are both taking on the role of characters and then as necessary also GM, right? Mm-hmm. Um, although in that game, it was pretty much just a conversation. So it was pretty much just characters all the way through. Um, so there's an interesting thing there because you're walking into that, you're both representing kind of the same amount of power in the world, to define things and make decisions. And the interesting thing that's different about this game as we're setting it up is I'm like, ooh, I get to play it. And I'm like, oh, you have to go off and do all the work to like <laughs> create the setting and stuff. Like you have to go be prepful GM and prep. Yeah. A little I bit. mean I mean for me uh, so for me that's actually not a big deal because I'm always prep GM, right? Like I mean that's true. For me, I'm like, oh, look at how look how much work you're doing. <laughs> I mean, here's I mean, yes and no, right? Like, there's some initial work that needs to be done for built like just to get the setting into the correct um, into the correct format, make some custom moves and things like that. Um, but then, like the actual playing, and and this is the reason why, like when we were talking about what game should we play. Yeah. I my suggestion was I would like to play a powered by the apocalypse game because that is a game that requires far less prep. Like Yes. Like there's a good set of one-on-one um games for from um Pelgrane. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um there's a whole bunch of like there are a whole bunch of games now that Pelgrane has released for doing one-on-one versions of their gumshoe games. Which yeah. I think is brilliant because a lot of times that's how you see detective and thriller yes. stories and like that is one character, right? So one character, one GM. Like they have a yeah. one they have a one on one version of Knights Black Agents. Yeah. But that would require a lot more work for me. A lot of prep. Right? That's yeah, like a, especially because mysteries just require a lot of well, prep. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Mysteries require yeah. an actual real amount of prep, which is, you know, I, I mean, I start my mystery prep with a document called what's really going on. Then yeah. from there, I kind of like break down what are the major sites you'll see? What clues would you find? How do all those clues tie to the what's really going on? It's a process, right? It's a process yeah. I actually love to do. I'm running Knights Black Agents right now and I love it. But yeah. for but us to, to do it twice. <laughs> yeah, for us to play a game, one of the things that I had asked you for was something that would be easier to prep. And what's very easy to prep is um, Powered by the Apocalypse because so much of the game just happens with the roll of the dice, right? The, those seven to nine moves kind of really like like push the game along. So my responsibility for that game is really one, just get the setting into the correct format, get any custom moves like together. Like if you look through the Thirsty Sword lesbian book, each setting tends to have some custom moves that are about the setting. And there's a cool cyberpunk one in there that has an investigate move. And I was like, cool. I actually, am just going to lift that move right out handy, because um, we'll be probably doing some investigation. 
Yep. And then I will probably make a move or two about dealing with people when it comes to social status. Yep. Um, because social status is still a thing for 17th century France. So um, trying to, um, you know, trying to persuade or browbeat um, the cardinal um, yes. is going to be a far more difficult task than intimidating a few guards. Right. So- so I do want to slip one thing in here quickly, just because we're talking about Thirsty Sword Lesbians a lot. Yeah. If you are hearing this on the day that it drops, this is your last day to um, kickstart the print version of Advanced Lovers and Lesbians. So if that's a thing that you're into, you have like today to do it. I'm just going to say it right now. If you're hearing it after this point, you missed it. Hopefully Evil Hat will have it out later. But if you're pause on board the for the Kickstarter, yeah, <laughs> pause the pause the podcast go back it now advanced lovers and lesbians is a thing that they completed as part of the first kickstarter so this is about getting it in print which is pretty cool has some neat stuff in it went through it there's actually a specific little just section about playing the way that phil and i are going to play this which is one-on-one yeah and that was actually the other consideration which actually this game made a lot easier was um when we were looking at one-on-one games i was like cool um whatever pbta game we pick i kind of have to read through and decide like how am i going to deal with um yeah whatever the game requires now thirsty sword lesbians the major piece of that was that you heal by having um you heal through a move that you do with other players yes. which in a one-on-one game we don't There's have no access other players to. yeah and i had some ideas about <laughs> it but actually the rules that they have um were pretty much the same thing i was thinking about and kind of address it and so i'm yep. like okay cool we have a cool. you know ready avenue to play one-on-one so it's all laid out, which was really useful. Yeah. So, so thought I would just throw that out there no, no, since no. it is literally still current on Kickstarter in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> 53 more hours as of the time of our recording. <laughs> so I think that like to me, the challenge isn't really going to be like that I have to GM it. Right. Because I, I'm pretty much an almost always GM. And it's and it's honestly like I, it's not even a thing I'm sad about. Like I love GMing. Um you know, in the um, top bottom, you know, dom sub GM player <laughs> dynamic, like I register almost always on one side of that line, right? Like, like that is pretty much a constant. I am. So, yes. Um, so that part doesn't bother me at all. Um, I'm totally fine with that. Prepping PBTA, super easy. Um, that only requires a little bit of work. And my guess is when we play, my guess is that my one evening of prep will yield more than one session of, of material. I would assume so. Because Especially because I also know I'm going to slow down and we're going to have some, you know, yeah. intense character moments like that's part of well, and- what... And that's the parts I like. Here, so. Right, that's the parts I don't have to worry about. Right, yeah. like what I really need to do, and this is actually part of the um, TSL setting. Is like the TSL setting is like um, info about the setting, some custom moves, a bunch of potential characters to put into play. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna go do all that stuff. Like, and I have a bunch of like character names and things like that from the background material we've written before. So yes. I'm just going to prep all that. Just grab some. We'll of the make some more stuff. characters when we do a session zero. We are going to do a yep. full session zero. Um, yes. In fact, we're going to do it when you're here on vacation. Yes. Um, we're going to do a full session zero where um, we're going to make your character. 
we are going to make a whole host of NPCs in addition to the ones that we have. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk safety. We'll talk lines and veils and stuff like that. Um, specifically for thirsty sword lesbians, you know, in our safety section, we need to talk about um, romance, um, sex and things like that, yep. because that is very much a part of this game. We need to like draw our lines and veils or what doesn't need to be veiled um, in our discussions. Right. So that'll be all part of that. And uh, yeah, and I think I'm going to um, I think I'm going to make it easy. I think I'm just going to recreate um, because it'll just be fun to do as a as a first um, as a first adventure. I'm just going to recreate the playtest adventure um, when the um, Duke of Buckingham shows up um, at a royal ball and no one knows why. <clears throat> um, yep. So. I remember I remember that one, but it's been a long time and I'm sure that it will not play out the same way. Yeah. And I may just change I've the never... reason. I may just change the reason why. Um, yeah. But like that one, I think will be a perfect. Um, I think it will be a perfect intro one for us. It's, you know, it's a party and there's like, you know, there's all the dynamics of a party. Lots and of people. People and, you know, <laughs> yes. Places to. Investigation. Exactly. Sneaky, sneaky. Yes. The Duke of make Buckingham. The, make the flirty and try to get the information. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Good. Um, so, yeah, I think like, that, like to me, to me, I think the interesting, the, the part that will be um, different, right? The part where I need to be cognizant is like when we start to play, like one you and I have a terrible history of um, playing games one-on-one. Yeah. We have, we have many times <laughs> in the past attempted um, for all various reasons it has not worked, right? Like, yeah. We got like, we got a good couple hours into, um, oh goodness. Uh, it's one of the, it was one of the, 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 oh, the romance oh, trilogy. The romance trilogy, yeah, yeah. and then we there Emily were, Care we Boss's romance trilogy. We mermaids, were play. and it was great. Yes. And anyway, we we finished all the setup, and then we never actually got to play. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. So so the thing is, like, we've like historically had a bad. We've had bad runs of of playing one on one. Now I think a lot of things that we talked about early on are some of the things that will make this much easier. Yeah. Um, but then like, so one, I just like, I have to get the game going. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that, that's the first part, right? Like I have, like, as long as we get the game started, if we actually start the game, if we right. break through the, the inertia to actually start the game, we will then play it, the game. Then I think, then Which, I think we'll be good. To be honest, like we did do the, the legacy weapon. And I think part of the reason that we succeeded at starting it, um, because we did a lot of really cool world building that hopefully we'll bring back other places at some point because there was some cool um, dead god stuff happening in there. Um, but uh, part of the reason that I think we succeeded at starting that is because we had to because we did it on the mics. <laughs> yes. So, like, there's good stuff and bad stuff about recording, right? And I think um, this one we just want to do as a game. But, like, it means that we have to be responsible to ourselves for starting it. Yes. So that, that that's like the first like that to, to me the biggest challenge <laughs> is going one. to be that. And I think now from a piece of gaming advice the way that I want to address it is that I'm going to use a ritual. 
Okay, that so makes sense. So we're going to do a ritual to start. And I don't know exactly what that ritual is. If we were playing in person, it would be the big die. Yep. Um, for people who for people who've listened to the show before, people who know me, um, I have this large 96 millimeter six-sided die, right? It is like a baseball. Monster. Um, and I use it as a ritual when I want to play a game and everybody to pay attention, I put it on the table. And it makes a distinct thud when it hits the table. And when it's on the table, we only play the game. We don't side chatter or anything else. And people, if, if people do start to side chatter, people remind each other by pointing or touching the die. And we're like, yes, yes, yes. And then when we take breaks, we take the die off the table and everybody chit chats. Yeah. We are going to do something similar. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to put some thought to it this week about what the ritual is. Because the ritual will be how we... Um, how we let ourselves know that we need to focus and start playing the game. Yeah. Um, so good. So we'll do that. That that's my first concern. The second concern, which I'm not too I'm not too worried about. It's just the thing to be cognizant of is that historically one on one games don't actually need a lot of time. Like we don't need a four hour block of time to play the game. We can probably do it in two hour blocks because we'll like you're going to get all the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, like, you don't have to pass it around. It's all for me. Yeah, like I'm you very, are the player. I get to be very selfish. Yes. You do all of this work to feed me a story and be everything in the world for me to interact with, right? Yes. Um, it feels some a somewhat diva-esque, um, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's okay. I'm, I'm actually, I'm really not worried about, like, again, I'm not worried about the dynamic and I'm not worried about you having the spotlight but I do know that one, you like when it's one player, you burn you burn through stories faster. Yeah. Because I don't have to go around the table. I don't have other scenes. I don't have like you doing one thing and someone else doing another thing, you know, at the same time and I'm cutting back and forth, which stretches yeah. out linear time. So my guess is these sessions are gonna be ninety minutes to two hours max. Yeah, which is probably um, pretty perfect for a Saturday which afternoon is fine. evening kind of which, thing. Yeah, yeah, which is fine um, because we don't really have to worry about having a time. Like, yeah. and if we run out of story, then we'll I'll just, just trigger end game yeah, and we'll, stop. And we'll do we'll XP and all that stuff, and then <laughs> we'll play we'll next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not. Th- so that's um, for me. That's a thing. Uh, pacing wise, we just need to be um, aware of, and also because it's just the two of us. Um, breaks like we may just need like one bio break mid game yeah like just something if we're only gonna play for two hours just like at the end of the first hour or so just quick bio break freshen up your drink grab a snack come back we'll play a little bit more and then we'll wrap for the evening but it's also easier because it's just the two of us to be more informal about the breaks if we need to Right, Absolutely. Like find right. a, you know, a resolution point of a scene and just be like, hey, I need to go grab a bathroom break or whatever. And it's not yeah. as big of a deal. Yeah. And that's and that and that is also okay because like one of the things that happens in my regular game is like if one of my players is like, I have to go to the bathroom, yeah, then that pretty much breaks the tension at the whole table. Yeah. And then, then everybody's, everybody's like break. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, <laughs> nope, let's just break. Yep. Yeah, here, if you have to go to the bathroom, it literally is like, I'll be back in a minute kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yes, because um, it's like, that is the game. But it does take so. me like 15 minutes to bring a group back at a table, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, mechanically, like I said, there were some concerns. And I think if you're if you're setting out to play a game one-on-one, 
mechanically you kind of as a gm you need to kind of scan the game and determine um you know what will be different if you're playing one-on-one a lot of games not every game a lot of games assume that you are playing with two or more players like three or four and in which usually means they've divided up the roles yeah but i think there's a thing they've divided up the roles so they've made the 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 each character be a little bit more niche specific right exactly um and or if you are dealing with sort of preset challenges like in a monster manual or something then they have also set up challenge ratings with a specific assumption of how much um, power you have as a group with the assumption of how many players you have so that's another thing you got to think about um and then when you get into things like Powered by the Apocalypse, there are definitely moves that rely on other players. And that is a pretty typical thing. Like, um, I think it would be, you know, potentially a challenge um, with it, certainly without some, you know, sitting down and thinking through it might be a challenge to play some of them just because they do rely on other actual players to do specific things that are different than how you interact with NPCs. Yep. And and so not okay. to plug my own product, but to plug my own product, um, <laughs> the legacy weapon, the legacy weapon, the legacy yeah. weapon was specifically the way to address that for dungeon world. Yeah. Right. Though, you know, and the idea was that you're going to play one character, one, uh, one GM and that, the, the legacy weapon has its own moves and it has its own past lives. And by, because of that, it has collected moves from other playbooks that now make it accessible for your character so that you can heal or pick locks or something like that based on how many past lives are in the, in the legacy weapon. Um, it's I'm, also interesting because it makes it a little bit of a roguelike. Like if you go into the dungeon, you get killed, then something from your character stays with the weapon and you start with a new character in the weapon, right? Like, so you just, yeah. you can just keep that going was, in and dying. That was always <laughs> the plan, right? Yeah. The, first of all, I love roguelikes. Um, second of all, I actually think it would be wild to do a campaign that is centered on the weapon. Yeah. So what I would do is imagine this. I would do a campaign that would be a mix of microscope and the legacy weapon. And so you would you would use microscope to make a history of the world. Then you load up the legacy weapon, make your character start playing. If you die, you then go back to microscope. You advance the world some hundred thousand years, whatever. Then somebody else finds the weapon. With now you your character added to it, and then yeah. you start playing again. Yeah, like Neat. that is, yeah, that is yeah. ultimately the campaign that one day perhaps you and I will get to, <laughs> like you and I will play as a one-on-one. Um, but in the meantime, Thirsty Sword Lesbians um, is where we're going. But here's the um, here's the touch of irony because we're talking about um, one-on-one play and the legacy weapon and stuff like that. I wrote the legacy weapon, the first draft of it, over uh, over Thanksgiving. Oh, and uh, many here it years is. ago, I was Thanksgiving. Uh, yes. I was riding shotgun in a car, heading to my parents' house, and I was like, "Huh, well, isn't this a little interesting idea?" And like, started kind of scratching out um, the first versions of Legacy Weapon during, um, like, while the turkey was cooking. Yeah, so fun. I mean, it's funny because I also just I haven't actually released it anywhere yet. It's pretty much put together. I also just wrote. 
a two-player game, but it's not a GM player game. It's a, you know, two-player in-character letter-writing game, <laughs> you know, about vampires. Um, yeah, I should put that out somewhere. Anyway, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just dangle that here so people remember that I did it. And then yeah. when I say no, it on worry. Twitter, they can be excited about we'll it. We'll put it together. Yeah, we'll it's it pretty together. much, put it put, it, it's laid, it's laid out and everything. Um, there just might be some grammatical tweaks and stuff. Um, but it's I think I had one or two questions. I had one or two comments. They were my Clarifying questions. Yeah. yeah. They were, and they, I think they were literally just clarifying questions, not anything uh, major. All right. Yeah. So anyway, in essence... Yeah, we've talked about we've talked about some of the challenges. Um, I'm just going to sum them up so people have it as kind of some takeaways mm-hmm. for one on one GM one player um, adventures. Right. So the first one is the mechanics of the game. Right. Making sure that the mechanics of your game are such that um, having just one player will still have access to or be able to do all the things that are kind of necessary in the game. That's going to vary based on what game you're playing. Right. So like check the game you're playing. Think about what it would be like if you didn't have all the players and kind of figure out what would you need to give a single player to be able to do all those things. Yes. Two, um, because you don't have a full group, starting could be difficult. Consider the idea of a ritual, a way to kind of indicate like, hey, we were sitting around chit-chatting and just being cool with each other, but now we need to focus and be in the game, right? Yeah, now we're actually going to, we're going to play a thing. We're now actually going to play a thing. Then um, three, um, consider that you probably don't need as much time as you need to play. Or if you are going to play four hours, you probably need to prep more material than you think because four hours of one-on-one time is a lot lot more material. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend you just go one on like if you're going one on one, just make shorter sessions. Um, I think you'll be fine with it. But if you're really committed to four hours, like either be ready to ad lib out that four hours or have a lot prepped in in place, because I think my gut feeling is you will burn through it a lot quicker Um, or as a GM, because you're going to be playing one on one, let scenes just blow out a little. Right. So take yep. take the slack and like take the slack out of the line and let the like let let those scenes breathe a bit more because you don't have to work the spotlight around the table. Yep. Not at all. Yeah. Those I think are probably the most um those I think are probably the most important challenges. At least it definitely the ones I've seen as like kind of like getting ready to do this. Like those have been the ones where I've been like, Okay, I think like here's what I think. You know, here's where I think our challenges are. I think they're all, I mean, they're all fixable. It's yeah. just a matter of um, being prepared. Yep. So I am going to prepare. Before you get to them. Yep. I am going to prepare what we played once as a four hour session. And then we will see how long it takes us to get through it. <laughs> and that will it, give yeah. me a good idea. That will give me a good idea of how much material can we move through in, say, a two hour block. Yeah. Yep. So. That actually should give you a pretty good idea. Cool. It's handy that you've run it before and you can use it as a scale. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty open adventure too, so I'm yes, like I not remember. terribly not terribly it. worried about it. I've kind of co-run it and played it a couple of times, so yeah. I'm pretty familiar with the uh the basics of it. It's gone very different directions <laughs> both yeah. times. And it'll be different because we're gonna be playing it in TSL. Yes. It'll so that's actually going different. to be, it's going to have a very different tone. It's going to have a that, different uh, cadence too, yes, I think. Yes, exactly. Like all of that's going to be different, but I'm very okay with that because um, I'm very okay with that because I think overall the 
objective of that adventure is pretty straightforward. How you approach it will be a lot of fun. Yeah. So anyway, you may hear more about this game um, as we get into it. Um, it may, it may produce we'll it may see. produce future topics. It may for us. produce topics. Yep. Or if you're just like if you're just interested in it, we could do like a five minute summary of our recent sessions when we when we get on the mics. Yeah, maybe we could absolutely if just people, tell you if people are interested. Yeah. If otherwise, are interested. it's otherwise it's just gaming stories. Yeah. Which, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love telling gaming stories, but they're not the same if you weren't there. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, cool. Happy birthday. Thanks. It's my birthday. It is. I'm older now. Older is correct. Because I, I can't I need say to old. <laughs> you said old the other day, and I had to correct you because I am old. <laughs> you are older now than you were last year, but I still remain old. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, before we go, Senda's going to, off the top of her head, make up a blurb about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Boy, am I. Um, you should probably check out their a Super Geek because they are super cool. And they do uh, both a live show streaming on Thursdays. Um, and we release that audio as a podcast every other Thursday. Um, you will want to check their schedule because uh, it is also getting a little bit mixed around by the holidays, but they are playing some absolutely fantastic games, and I am so unbelievably thrilled to listen to them. So Awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. Say, Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com, or you can find our TikToks, where I apparently only talk about vintage clothing, and Phil posted one video about... Um, underground. Underground. I'm yep. tempted to do some more. <laughs> I just haven't yet. <laughs> But if you can find us, you can absolutely catch us there as well. And Phil, once they um, find us or write down that information or collect it in some way, what can they do with it? Leave us a topic. Um, normally, this show is uh, driven by your topics. Today being Senda's birthday was it's my birthday. A, a special day, so we decided <laughs> to let Senda pick the topic. But yep. normally, we do topics um, that are of interest to you. Our job here on the show, as it has always been, is to help you play more better games. Uh, And the way we do that is by taking the things that you have questions about and kind of uh, unpacking them to kind of show you um, how things work, ways to make it work better, conversations you can have with your players about it, whatever it is. That's what we do, right? Our, Our goal is to make things better for you because the easier it is for you to run your games, the more games you will run. And that is ultimately what we want for everyone in this hobby is to just keep playing games and having a good time doing it. So that's what we're here for. Leave us those topics. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can back our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get access to the Bamboo Lounge, the the after show, and really the big draw, the Slack Room. Slack Room for Life. You can come and hang out with us on Fridays on our com- like on our Friday conference calls. You can um, swap recipes with some of our fine cooks in the Misdirected Mark community. Um, I mean, you and I are are good, but like there are like even fancier yeah. cooks you could be in our community. Out, you know, um, breakfast for pancakes. Yeah, bre- breakfast for pancakes hangs out 
in our uh, <laughs> hangs out in there putting up pictures of all sorts of food. Yeah. You talk about role playing games, Kickstarter, Star Trek. There's a lot of Star Trek getting talked about in our mm-hmm. um, community, and it's just a golden age of Star Trek. There's new Star Treks to talk about all the time. Anyway, come join us in our Slack community. We would love to have you. Okay. Um, that all said, um, if you are able to support the Patreon campaign, we appreciate it greatly. If you're unable to support the Patreon campaign, as always, we understand it's like, it's great. Um, there's another thing you can do. I'm just going to say it really quickly. Um, if you can just get the word out about the show in any way that you can get the word out about the show, talking about us on social media is fantastic, helps us greatly. Um, but if there's any other way, like you're hanging out at your local game store, whatever, friend, telling friends, telling family, you're at the Thanksgiving table and you run into your cousin who's a role player and be like, hey, do you listen to Pandas Talking Games? You can put mm. them right on to us. That would be immensely helpful for us. There's another thing you can do. It's grossly impersonal. It only affects <laughs> soulless algorithms. Um, wow. But it has a chance of finding people who you don't know and that we don't know. And that's mm-hmm. also important. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's that thing? Well, you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get uh, really does actually help new people find the show through that cold, impersonal algorithm that sounds so painfully un- unhappy in comparison to Phil's tell people about us. But anyway, thank you so much to everybody who has already left a review. The other thing that you can do is just, if you're like, boy, I like Phil and Senda and I want to do something for them for the holidays, leave us a review because we read them and it makes us feel really warm and fuzzy inside. Sometimes I just go back and look at the reviews because they make me feel happy. Also, so, it's Senda's birthday this episode. Oh, it's so. my birthday. You should probably go leave me a review. <laughs> Just saying, folks. Just saying. Okay. Not saying, just saying. <laughs> All righty. Say, Senda. Have you considered what playbook you're going to play for Thirsty Sword Lesbians? Oh, man, I'm so torn. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Clicky. Got the clicks. That's good. Clicks, clicks, I have waveform. Clicks. I do have. Oh, you know, mine are actually looking a little small. Hang on. Uh oh. Do we have to redo? Yeah. No, I think I just need to pull that dude up a little bit. Uh, maybe I'm just not being as boisterous as usual. I'm not sure. <coughs> My cough's plenty loud. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to try there. Okay. That might even be too much. Just boop. Look at you, like, doing your mic test before we start recording. I always do my mic test before we record. So professional of you. Professional. Unlike me, I just assume that it's still fine from last time unless it visually looks bad. But, you know, you also don't take your rig apart. It's true. I don't. And I literally use it for my work calls. Yeah. They're always like, you sound so clear. I'm like, it's because I'm using this beautiful mic. Yeah, I, I take this whole thing apart and put it, when we're done recording, I just put it back in the closet. Yeah. I really Although, should at some point get an arm 
like the, the yeah no it's great and also but also it was really funny because my boss looked at it he's like oh and he like recognized all of my mics because he's in a band there you go and he knows more about mics than i do because i have a podcaster level of mic knowledge yes. and he has a musician level of mic knowledge yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> anyway which is somehow um, still less than a schmitty level of knowledge of, of my knowledge yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, well that's like audio engineer level exactly. <laughs> mic knowledge are you ready um, to begin a show sure okay here we go look i don't even have any place to write down times do you need a do you need to get a piece of paper happy birthday to you yeah but really what are we going to talk about 